Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, a really cool company with like the coolest name ever. It's called Mixicals. Like you can't even help, but when you hear the name, you're like, "What is that?" I can't wait to dive in. Pun, no pun intended. Um, we're talking beverage today, and you guys are gonna love my two guests. I can't even wait. Jen Morales and Jason Stitt are on. It's so great to have you guys on the podcast. Thanks so much. We're so happy to be here. We're really excited. Thanks. I'm glad you guys are both here. Uh, as I was saying, it was like it's always so fun when I get more than more than one founder and co-founders and all in the same room, which you guys are. Um, makes a big difference, by the way. Uh, and I'm so glad you guys are here. So before we get to Mixicals and what you guys do and this brand, and like I, I mean, literally, I have like a thousand questions, some of which I gave you, not all. Um, share a little bit about your backgrounds before launching the brand. Yeah, absolutely. So this is Jen, obviously. Jason and I are both lawyers by training. We actually met when we were young junior associates at the same law firm about, oh, I'm going to date us, about 18 years ago. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, um, I was in the business litigation group. Jason's in the bankruptcy group. We like to say we know a lot about how businesses fail or go wrong or get into trouble. Perfectly fair. Um, and um, prior to that, I have a background in the arts and music in particular. And Jason, I'll let you say your own. Yeah. So all through undergrad and law school, I was I bartended my way through school. Um, so I've always, always really enjoyed cooking, always enjoyed creating cocktails. And um, then actually, once Jen was leaving the, the firm we were at, we stayed friends through cocktails, going out, doing happy hours, really <laughs> nice. making a, a concerted effort to 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 stay friends and hang out. I love it. So you both have law backgrounds, which is wonderful. And our whole audience is like, great. Okay. I'm, I'm not hearing the, the, the beverage, the frozen, the, the consumer product. Like I, I mean, I hear nothing except for, you know, how companies fail. So, all right. How did you guys decide, you know what, we're going to start a business in this space. Yeah. So, you know, Jason and I, as he said, we were really friends through happy hour. Um, and <laughs> always the best. <laughs> And we, we made our way around the city of Cincinnati, where we both currently live, um, bar by bar. Nice. And um, there was a concept we saw on a few menus. Um, one in particular, they they called it the Bruce Banner, which um, I'm a bit pop culture dumb. Jason had to tell me who Bruce Banner is. Uh, but the idea was you had this cube. It was filled with herbs and juices, and they changed it seasonally. Um, but I think it's still on the menu of this restaurant. And as the cube would melt, it would you know color or flavor or change the drink. It's so cool. And turn into the Incredible Hulk. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <Nice>. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you, know, you have enough. Um, yeah. So, um, so Jason is... Uh, the kind of person who puts together six course dinners with wine and uh, bourbon wow. tastings to go with it. Oh, You're wow. very lucky to get to invited, get to be invited to one of his dinner parties. And he <laughs> um, has started creating these at home just for fun. And then really the idea came about one day when he had um, done this watermelon margarita mix from scratch Got and it. had had the mix separate from the tequila and I came over the day after the uh, dinner party to eat his leftovers and have the drink <laughs> and nice. just like a light bulb moment I was like wait a minute why don't we, why don't we make this into a product 
Yeah. You know, and Jason's like, you know, it's, you're right. We've seen this, we've had this out places, but nobody's doing this for home years. And unlike Jason, I have no background in bartending, in cooking, anything. I just like to drink. And in that way, (laughs) being a lawyer is perfect. We fit the stereotype of heavy drinkers. Um, And so Jason. So so then we, so I, I, I took the mixture I made. We hadn't put the alcohol with it. Got it. Um, and poured it into ice cube trays. Came back wait, like a week later, popped out some of the cubes, put them with some tequila. Yep. And said, there, there was no loss in quality here. This is still a great drink. We, we froze this at its peak and it's it's really delicious. So we, we were having lunch the next day and, you know, it's like the drink was great, loved it. And we just kind of sat down at lunch on back of a napkin, started coming up with flavors starting coming up with ideas, came up with the name pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It was down to mixed sickles or mixed ickles. Ickles <laughs> one. Or oh, I think uh, it was also mixy pops. Mixy pops. Mixy pops. Uh, and uh, and from there we we started researching how to make this a business. Wow. Okay. So yeah, and for those that um haven't checked out mixed schools dot com um what i think is really cool frozen botanical cubes are the natural foundation for quick consistent craft cocktails so you now you have graders ice cream skyline chili and mixicles in cincinnati i mean this is like amazing right yes and actually <laughs> great funny you mentioned graders and jeff ruby's i mean like yes, i can keep of going <laughs> graders was when we and i'm jumping ahead of it but when we launched our e-commerce store during the pandemic um, Graders was one of our models for how to ship frozen product on dry ice. We looked Perfect. at Graders, we looked at Jenny's Ice Cream out of Columbus, sure. uh, Daily Harvest, you know, other companies where they're shipping a frozen product. Because really, w- when it comes back to kind of your original question, we know nothing. We knew right. nothing. Now okay. we know a fair amount. We knew nothing about the CPG space. Now. Perfect. Yeah. And I fast forwarded a bit there. Um, so, okay. So you have this idea on the cocktail napkin. It's very, just one thing to have something written on a piece of paper. It's another <laughs> to like make product that people are going to buy. So you've done, you've made it at home in the kitchen. You've written it down. So what were the first steps to like getting the company started and like figuring out yeah. how to make saleable cubes? Yeah. So um, I had actually launched a little bit before I had this idea, a different company, completely different. It's a computer software company with a, an, a co-founder over there. <laughs> and it. I said, you know, Jason, the launching part's not that hard. You know, I'm like, right. we could get set up and we're lawyers. We could even trademark our own name and kind of do some of that stuff totally. once we realized Mixicles wasn't taken and, you know, reserve the websites and all those things. I mean, basically did everything we could once we settled on the name to kind of grab what we could, you know, all the handles, et cetera. And then um, Jason had the wise idea to, he was like, you know, we probably should figure out like what we're doing and do we need a license? (laughs) Can we make these at home or not? And he found a course that we ended up taking. Right. So what I've said, sometimes we're a little bit hamstrung because we're lawyers first. If we were true entrepreneurs, we'd be out on the corner selling ice cubes to anyone that would come (laughs) up with a cooler. Right. But, you know, we, we did the research, determined that we couldn't, you can't produce a frozen product in your home and sell it. You can do baked goods and things like that under <laughs> right. cottage laws, but you can't do a frozen product. It needed to be a commercial kitchen. And so we found Finley Kitchen here in, which is right across the street from Finley Market in Cincinnati in the over the Rhine area and went to their website. And they said, you know, starting next Monday, taking your food idea and making it into a business. Oh, wow. And what a cool it was class. like a, thir- a 13 week course on Monday nights from 6 to 9 p.m. No Monday night football in the year of 2018. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> but you were learning how to start a food business. <laughs> learning to start, and every week was 
almost like a different one of our questions, you know, how, how to scale up, what licenses sure. you need. They had, you know, they would have a community member come in each week. And so we, we went through that course and then, by then we had to get like food safety certified. Sure. And then we were able to, to join Finley market, I uh, think join Finley kitchen. And, um, yeah, which to be clear is an incubator kitchen. So makes you, sense. There was no way, as you know, a startup um, that we were going to just suddenly have a facility. So luckily, Finley Kitchen exists, and I know a lot of communities are starting to have resources like this, where you rent space to cook or do you know prepare what, whatever it is you're making plus storage. Absolutely. By the hour. Absolutely. Okay, so um, you're taking a class. You're getting a lot of good understanding. You're using your like legal background to kind of assess and be detailed oriented. Um, at what point did you start thinking about like flavors? You'd written them down on a napkin, but it's like, what was the first flavor or two? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So um, we started, we really wanted to create flavor profiles as opposed to drink specific cubes. Okay. So, so we weren't looking to create a mixer that was like a Bloody Mary mixer or a margarita mixer or it. a Moscow mule. We were looking to basically give people the tools. We sort of call them like drinking blocks, right? So the idea that oh, you like can building them, blocks, but drinking yeah. blocks, <laughs> so crafty, seriously, it's yeah. really crafty. Okay. Yeah. And where you can mix and match. And generally all you have to not, not even that closely worry about is the ratio. We do, we have one ounce cubes. You know, it's a one-to-one, -one, one shot, one cube. And you sure. don't have to mix with alcohol. There is no alcohol in ice cubes themselves. So you can make mocktails, you can put them in smoothies, you can put them in your lemonade, your iced tea, et cetera. And so again, we were thinking, okay, what are drinks that we've had of the many that were really stood out in our, in our memory? And right. what, what were the flavor notes? And yep. so one of the very first ones we created was our cucumber lime. Cucumber lime, flavor. blueberry mm -hmm. lemon, basil, yeah. mm. yes. jalapeno, exactly. citrus, cranberry mm -hmm. rose. The cranberry rose one, I think that looks really pretty too, by the way. Yeah, that one is particularly um, a special story. Uh, I'll, I'll condense it, but there's a mixologist from Cincinnati, Molly Wellman. She was like the mixologist of the year two years ago um, nationwide. She created a drink for the grand reopening of Music Hall in downtown Cincinnati, which is outside of the East Coast. It has the longest running like chorus oh, very, in Germany, very cool. anywhere in the U.S. It's a rich, rich history and has this big rose stained glass window. And the drink was so good. I went to the grand opening and um, we actually reached out on Facebook. We're like, oh, I wish I knew how to recreate this. And she shared the recipe. And that's one of the things we've discovered is that people in general are so happy to help. And like you just, if you ask and then give back, it kind of all just comes around full circle. So she shared the recipe. We we tweaked it because since there's no alcohol in the cubes, for instance, she had Cointreau in her drink, which is an orange liqueur. So Jason, Got it. who's our, I call him our, our CFO, chief flavor <laughs> officer. He switched that to an orange simple syrup. And essentially we recreated the rose window with everything but the alcohol, the alcohol. which is vodka and mm -hmm. sparkling wine, and actually have since then served it at Music Hall. Oh wow. <laughs> and so, so yeah, cool. so it's it's kind of fun how these these flavors come about. They each have a story. Okay. Right. Love um, it. So okay, so we've got frozen, we got flavors. Um, how do you go from that? How do you ship it? How do you package it? You know what I mean? How did you figure that part out? Right. So that, that was one of the, one of the harder things to, to figure out. Um, you know, we thought, I thought this will be easy. I'll be able to go online, find some disposable ice cube trays. When we were originally making them, we were using like a silicone ice cube tray where we'd freeze the cubes, 
pop out 12 cubes, wrap them in deli paper and put them in a plastic container. And our hope was by the time I handed it to you, you didn't have they a melted melt, pop right. of flavor. Um, so, so we knew we needed something that would allow it to hold its shape while in the packaging. Sure. Um, so we really wanted to find a, a specially made ice cube tray for us. And I thought this would be simple. This was, this was not simple. This was right. There's so many ice the, cube trays. One of the longer things to do and you know, finding a company that would be willing to work with us on a small run to do them was, was near impossible. Right. Cause you, um, you guys were small. You were just getting started. Right. Right. And, and we didn't know, I mean, we thought this was a great idea and everybody we would tell about this idea would say, that's so amazing. Um, but ev eventually we were able to find a company through the internet that could, that got samples to us, tweaked it for us. And, you know, we ordered a, a shipment. It's funny. Our first shipment was like, 5,000 trays, yeah. I think. 5,004 cube trays. And it's like, are we ever going to go through this many? <laughs> are we going to sell alert? this many? 5,000 <laughs> trays, right? Um, and so from there, we then needed to find somebody that could create a box that could right. safely the house these trays. Totally. And a machine for sealing and all of that. And that's where the, the Cincinnati community has been really helpful to us. You know, we ask a popsicle manufacturer that we knew you know, who's doing your boxes? And she had a recommendation for the printing of the boxes. And again, it was a company that was willing to talk to a, a small size company. Now we weren't getting best prices probably because it was small runs, but Got you know, it. we found a box designer, things like that. Okay. I have, this is a weird question. So, mm -hmm. I, 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 and I'm probably because I'm not an expert, but why not make the give, like sell the tray and like, the fluid that when you get it, you could just pour it in the tray and freeze it. And then you'd have your cubes versus shipping them frozen. Okay. So the idea there is we wanted something, we wanted a product that would be as close as possible to if you were making a drink yourself yes. and you muddled the fruit and the sugars and the herbs and whatever. And right before you went to put it with the alcohol, you stopped, you put it in ice cube trays. I call it like, like adult baby food. And people do like baby food puree, like basically make little tiny yeah. like ice cubes of the mixture. And so by doing that, it allows us to not add any preservatives or anything else that would really alter the flavor. We wanted this to be as Got close it. to a craft cocktail bar experience at home that you could get. And so that's why we, we freeze it immediately and we keep the product frozen the entire time, even though... That has been that has brought all kinds of challenges. I'm sure. Uh, and a lot, I'm get yeah. there in a minute. <laughs> and a lot of that. people advised us, like, you know, it really would be better if you did a shelf stable product. And we did right. look into yeah. we did look into it, but honestly, um, it would have required certain changes that for us were not the product we wanted to make. Sure. And that we felt was, you know, would be integrous for us. Totally. Okay. Cool. So you got the tray, you have a cool, you have a cool box, which is on the website, by the way. It's really neat. You can see it and order it. Um, so then what? So did you have anybody saying they were going to buy this? Or how did you get the word out for people to try it? Like, who are the first buyers? Who are so the first, first buyers were, were, were actually people from Finley Market, the different vendors at Finley Market across the street from Finley Kitchen. Um, I had, I've been a longtime Finley Market customer with various stores there and would always, would always talk about my product and what was going on. And then probably the, the day that we got our boxes in, so it was the January of 2020 is when we finally received our boxes. So, you know, we spent most of 19 figuring out how are we going to do this, sure. figuring out trays, figuring out boxes. January 2020, we get our boxes. We visit three vendor, three stores there. They all say, you know, we'll, we'll carry them. You know, 
Please right? stop talking to Jason. No, they, you know, <laughs> we get them here. And like, uh, so okay, there's never, five of the 5,000 and another yeah. 10. Okay, so we, all right, we got 50 out of 5,000. Yeah. <laughs> and then we started, Literally, you know, we, we would right. do different events. Sure. Um, we, we didn't really want to do like the, the farmer's market profile um, and spend our Saturdays doing that yeah. because we didn't think that was the most valuable part of our time. And those, that freezer is really heavy to carry around. <laughs> so. I was going to say, for your product, it's not so simple. It's not like nuts or chips or snack food, yeah. you know, anyway. Uh, that's interesting. Okay, so they're the first one. So what was the feedback? And then how did things start to grow for there? Right. So, yeah, the, I mean, the feedback was really great. Um, and we did get, then add a few additional stores in Cincinnati area. And then we also started doing events, including a wedding that we did literally the day before the governor of Ohio shut everything down. Oh, wow. Right and before then COVID. we were nice. like, hmm. What are we going to do? And we're like, well, people are still drinking. In fact, in fact, they, I think they drink a lot more. <laughs> more, yeah. right? Yeah. So Most I'm like, I'm like we, yes. <laughs> so we need to do, we need to do deliveries. We need to, or curbside pickup or, or, you know, virtual events. And so basically, we just kind of started hustling in that way. And so different charities who would otherwise say be having a spring gala, you know, we'd connect with them. We'd say, hey, look, you know, they, they went, they were doing their gala on Zoom. And I'm like, let us get, product to it as long as it was local enough you know if we had to drive like within an hour of cincinnati let us get product to people we'll do a little demo at the start we'll be a in-kind sponsor yeah. of your event and uh it helps us just again just kind of build the word spread spread the or spread the word build the buzz about the product totally and at the same time i said okay we really need an online store um, where people can order either at first it was just for pickup or delivery, sure. but then by about November of 2020, yeah. When November things were not really reopened and you needed to sell, yeah. sell some of the 5,000. Exactly. Yeah. That's when we went, we went nationwide. Got it. Okay. And so that's perfect. So perfect segue. Everyone's thinking, okay, how do you ship a frozen product? We've actually talked a lot about refrigerated products shipping um, with other uh, guests on our show, mainly for food products, like our meal delivery. So what did you guys figure out in terms of how that was going to work for you? Um, for that one, it was finding the right container at, at, at the right price that can hold. So when we ship online, we always do it in four box sets okay. because that that's the, the best way to do it. If you want eight boxes, make two orders. If you want two boxes, find a friend. Um, so... <laughs> We we always go ahead and we ship them in, in four box units. Um, what we have on, online, we offer three variety packs and three single flavor packs. Sure. We find a lot of people starting out will order the three variety packs and maybe one of the single flavors that really speaks to them. And then we go to graders and purchase dry ice. Um, Seriously? And, <laughs> oh my God. We, okay. and we use that to, to keep the products frozen and ship oh, them via UPS. Either, either yeah. one or two day yeah, delivery. The, the graders in UPS in downtown Cincinnati know us very well. Hopefully yeah. they've cut you a good shipping deal. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, okay, so that's great. So um, when did you know, like, okay, this is this is starting to become something besides the people across the street who agreed to carry it? Yeah, so so the big moment for us happened. In, it was about exactly a year ago, January 2021. We had the opportunity to pitch to Kroger. Which is you know based here in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati downtown, yes, yeah, biggest you know grocery in the U.S. Yeah. Um, stores, but you know coast to coast, and um, we went into that pitch. Um, you know, we submitted some stuff on paper. We got a meeting. It was, it was all virtual, but we went in really prepared to kind of make the case for why our product should exist and why Kroger should carry it. <laughs> and to our delight and surprise, and we also because they are local, we. Get dropped off samples on people's Perfect. porches. Yes. Um, <laughs> <Wise>. um, yeah. <laughs> because, and, and they said, you know what? 
we get it. Like, this is super cool. It's innovative, you know, and Kroger, like, you know, like many retailers, right. Wants to have like the next kind of new yeah, thing absolutely. and help them reach maybe a different demo, you know, maybe a younger demographic than their typical Kroger shopper and so on. And they said their main concern was if we order, can you fulfill? And, right. If we yeah. order more than 5,000, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> right. And at that time, we it was literally us, the two of us after work. So I was, right. I'm now full-time mixicals, but then I was also a full-time lawyer. lawyer. Uh, yeah. And we both have families and so But after hours, filling by hand all of these trades. And so we're like, yeah. we can't keep doing this. Ourselves. Welcome to <laughs> new, new product startup life. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what and, people do. <laughs> yeah. And basically Kroger said to us, how many stores could you comfortably do? How many divisions? And so we said, oh, I don't know, maybe three to 400 stores. All and right. they're like, well, it depends okay. on how many how many units per store. Like, I'd want to know like some numbers. Like, oh many? yeah, well they were like, you should. We need enough by, and then they moved the date up on us. At that time, it was going to be Thanksgiving of of this past year. They said, we need enough for two cases per skew per, per store. store. Plus a, okay, So then you could do amount. some numbers and get a sense for right. what it would take. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And did they give you a PO? No. But you went off and made it anyways. We yeah. had to, yeah. And this okay. was an issue in even getting financing, you know, we'd I'm sure. Right. Again, another long. issue for those starting your own company, like yeah. you, you got a big company that wants a lot of product and you have small volume, like it's expensive, right? right? I mean, very expensive. <laughs> and, and, very, you know, and what we learned is they would issue POs once we had every, once we had things to the warehouse. Um, okay. Got until it. then, you know, and, and we were told, Oh no! Don't worry, they're going to order it. But then the SBA loan officers were asking silly questions like, "Well, well what if they the, don't?" Just show me the PO. I mean, that's how that's our, our you know our backstop for you, right? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we basically, I mean, and we 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 were for a long time self funded. Eventually, we were able to find through a community bank. Again, it's all like local, local, local. Totally. Um, someone who willing to make us a loan and had to put up our kids as collateral and you know everything else, um, and and just put in a ton of money to be able to basically by the date the Kroger set um, totally. have enough inventory in their warehouse to to serve 340 stores in a five state region. And so, what happened next? So, so next we we went into this journey of being able to get the product for them. Um, and what we learned, you know, our current four cube trays that we were using that we thought were delightful, won't run on a co-packers machine. Um, they won't come down the line correctly. Nobody could, okay. could fill those. So um, you have to change to, have, to uh, a six cube. We had to do a single, really a single cup fill. Oh, interesting. Work on most machines. Okay. And all of those were set for round Cups, <laughs> not square. Uh, so and so we were literally <laughs> right. trying to put our square peg in their round. Oh hole. my god! That's <laughs> another so, good analogy. So uh, then again, what? So so then it was search for an, someone new to produce our cups, and oh the god. company we had been using, they were a vacuum form company that wasn't going to be able to do what we needed. No. So we found another company that could do what we needed. You know, so we had to get shipments, test things. The first ones they sent me, the cups were perfect, and as soon as I froze something in it. It they, they shattered when you'd when yeah. they cracked. Yeah. Um, so we needed, oh you know, additional plastic on it. We needed additional material. Um, then the change of the cube size or the change of the to a single cup changes the box size, changes the case. Everything, Everything had to change around. Every tweak moves 
everything. Um, <laughs> you got a lot so, of boxes and no nothing that will fit in it. <laughs> yeah, and so then we got to September of this year, and we're finally ready to do our our first run with our with our co-packer. We found you know we found a company that could help one company that could help make help replicate our flavors so they could be done by a co-packer. Another company that had the ability to pasteurize and freeze our product. And apparently this is a, you know, we thought this would be a simple thing. I mean, <laughs> who fills McNugget sauce packets? This won't be right, hard. Right. Well, it, it's not simple, it turns out. No. Um, right. So we found a company that could do it and then worked <laughs> with them, got everything on on the trucks and, and then, got everything to Kroger's warehouse. Well, uh, no, I was gonna say, and then that um, they told us that the pricing they had given us was actually, it was that it was gonna double in cost that they to, were going to need right because of the oh way that our boxes oh because of the fill okay the process the folds and stuff so so yeah the, and we're like well it's too late we just printed a hundred thousand cartons right <laughs> like, and now we have cartons that we don't need anymore yeah right oh yeah. my gosh so affected affected our uh, margins right um, for these, these <laughs> yeah. first runs and again so, welcome to like product development right i mean okay. Oh my god! I'll never forget one of the. I was involved in making this uh, plastic product a couple of years ago, and you know it had liquid in it, and it arrived, and it was like we're ready to start shipping. And then we started noticing like some wetness, you know, in the the in the the packaging, and we realized it was leaking. It created all kinds of redo. And you're right. Once you start to change one thing on the inside product, and it gets outside, and then um anyway, crazy. So then what? Yeah. So, so did you so get the did order the for Kroger? <laughs> We got it there. We got it there. <laughs> got it there by the and, grace of the universe. Yeah. So how did it do? Like, is it, how's it going? I mean, what's the well, latest? It, it, so far it's done great. People ordered so much that, um, although we had supplied enough for replenishment, we've actually already been through all of that in wow. two months. Oh my gosh. So amazing. We had another run that we just completed and is arriving at the warehouse this coming Tuesday. Um, and we're actually hoping, you know, we've, we've applied through, you know, Kroger's doing a reset for where they slotted us in frozen juice, which I think for them was a door that didn't really have very high, you know, sales. A lot of turns, the, right. The, yeah. The average price point too was much lower. And we are, we are like the cube shaped box among a bunch of cylinders of like minute made. And hey, you know. I think it's kind of cool though. It helps you stand out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what about other stores? They got thousands of stores if you take into account all their banners um under kroger yeah yeah so we're hoping you know we're still waiting to hear back we've applied for an additional two divisions which would be about another 200 stores and if that works out that would be for about may of this year and the hope that we have and frankly the hope that they have is that if this is successful that we'll continue to grow with them and ultimately be nationwide that's awesome okay then what about um and are you guys pursuing other routes to market other retail channels like you think about the liquor stores with cold doors and um you know kind of the non-grocery retail like what does that look like i see you smile one great thing about we record these interviews and not everybody's on video and it's so nice when you can see the guests and when you guys are reacting it's so funny so tell me about that <laughs> okay so a, a couple of things that that we've done you know, we have looked at a lot of liquor stores. One of the problems we have is a lot of liquor stores don't have freezers in They're them. They're frozen. Or they they want us to provide the freezers for them. And, you know, that's that's cost prohibitive Although we, to do. We've we done have it. done that. We've done yeah. it. Actually, we have two local Just stores. Just to get in store? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's we not cost effective. Like, oh, I just happen to have a freezer here. Let me, <laughs> let me put it at your place. Yeah. Um, and, and another place we're really looking is the event space. 
um, oh, interesting. for yeah. events or stadiums where, so as I said earlier, I, I started out in bartending when I was an undergrad and I was working at the faculty club on campus at, you know, doing sorority date parties and bar mitzvahs and things like that. And I was not a great bartender. I wasn't highly trained in bartending <laughs> and became a great bartender through and became a better bartender. I would say great. Um, I know great bartenders and you are um, not one. I'm, not, I'm a good bartender. And so, um, having a you know just having the sense that you can just take the cube and put it with the alcohol something that you could do at intermission during a symphony concert or something you could do at a ballpark to have an actual craft cocktail by somebody who all they have totally. to do is add an ounce to this is add something that liquor. we see as a great avenue for us yeah i really think that's awesome and then of course you do direct to consumer shipping which is Perfect. Um, I always love to ask our guests. We could talk for as we were la- we were laughing before we hit record. Like we could go on for like an hour or two of this conversation. Um, I always love to ask our guests though about some of their biggest lessons learned. You guys have had a number. You shared a, a bit to us. Um, I'd love for you guys to share two or three things that uh, a piece of advice or coaching you'd have for other entrepreneurs that are listening. Uh, what is it that you guys would would uh, offer up? Yeah, yeah. So I'll 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 go first. I mean, there, there's definitely a lot, but we, we we were thinking about this before our discussion with you. Kind of ranked our top two or three. One of them is the importance of knowing what you don't know, which for us in the beginning was virtually everything. Um, and <laughs> and but now you're in several hundred Kroger stores yeah. and growing. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's amazing. <laughs> Well, you know, we we spent a lot of time and effort and not just the the Finley Incubator Kitchen program, but, you know, research, talking to people. We signed up for free mentoring with former, you know, P&G executives and pretty much anything we could do to get out there and just learn, 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 learn. Um, you know, reading, we, you know, I'm a devotee of how I built this, the podcast. Oh, yeah, great. And, and great. now the yes. contender cast. Oh, you gotta be loving this, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, no, and really just listening to people's stories. Sure. I mean, there's some that like stick out in my mind. I'm like, oh, like Lara, Lara, you know, the, the bars, the, mm-hmm. I'm like, she just went into Whole Foods and just asked like, who's your buyer? And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, I guess you can just do that. You know, sure so you really can. it's just gotta be bold. It just, yeah. And, and never, um, you know, it's like, you have to have a a fair amount of courage and a fair amount of confidence in yourself, but always be a student, you know, and always be open to all that, you know, basically that people are willing to, and that sort of dovetails to what Jason's going to say. I would say always build your foundation in the community around you. There's, there's so many sources out there and so many people are, are, are willing to help and, and share their knowledge, share their stories with you. And people, you know, it's, it's a, sad world sometimes, but it seems like what we found people generally want others to be successful. Absolutely. I do believe that. Pass on the knowledge that they learned and they will help to lift you up. It's also important to always keep talking about your product because there have been times we've been somewhere discussing it and someone overhears something. They say, Oh wait, you know, I, I know something about Mm -hmm. that. Or I was talking to someone and you know, their husband was a food photographer and it turns out, you know, he ended up doing a lot of our photography. It's amazing. Yeah. On your site, it's really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And the, and the, the uh, third thing I'd say, which is actually something I heard Jenny from Jenny's ice cream say on a, how I built this episode, was <laughs> give away a lot of product in the beginning. Right. We, we would just, any, we just, we would actually go to bars with a cooler. It looked like we were carrying like an organ for like a translator or something. It would say like, we would say to the bartender, we're like, Hey, can we just like buy a round of, you know, whatever, whatever spirit, you know, for right. people. And just like, then ask people to just try our cubes and stuff and take the feedback. And, and then just, you know, always just kind of 
see whatever you could do to get people to try it. That's really cool. Very good advice. Yeah. You know, and I I know some people that kind of short sheet themselves on that. They're like, they worry about the spending pennies when they need to, you got to get product out and people trying it and aware of it. It's amazing. By the way, both of these guys are drinking their own product on the (laughs) podcast today. It's so great. (laughs) Not sure what's in the cup with the, Let's square it again. Oh, the cubes. Four um, roses, single barrel. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, this has been so cool. Um, I'm excited for you guys. You guys are early days. You got lots of runway in front of you. You got to come back on later this year, uh, next, and share more stories. Share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, uh, buy your product, et cetera. Absolutely. So we're at mixicles.com. So it's like mixer and popsicle smushed together, mixicles.com. <laughs> what a great and- name. I mean, that's a 10. <laughs> it's catchy. You know, it's got the in it you know it's great i love that and uh and we're at mixicles on all the various social media sites we're particularly active on instagram facebook uh twitter um you can find us on linkedin of course um, pretty much all the places love it if you want to buy us you know you can find us online and come to kroger's if kroger in ohio michigan parts of northern kentucky indiana and West Virginia. Oh, very nice. Well, um, Jen and Jason, it's been so great having you guys both here today. Like I said, we can't wait to have you back on. Uh, Love your product and excited for you guys. Thanks for taking time with us today. Thank you so much. It's awesome. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.